48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Julian Quell. The top story is Britain reiterates its offer of a path to citizenship for millions of Hong Kong people if a new security law is implemented. The SAR records its first local transmissions of COVID-19 in two weeks as fears emerge of a new cluster of cases. And curfews fail to deter protesters as violence spreads in cities across the United States. The British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has confirmed that the UK will grant Hong Kong people with British national overseas passports a path to citizenship if Beijing presses ahead with its national security law for the SAR. Mr Rubb said BNO passport holders would be allowed to stay in the UK for longer than the current six months if they can find work. If China follows through with this national security legislation, we will give those uh, people who hold BNO passports the right to come to the UK. We'll lift that six-month restriction. We'll allow them to come to the UK to live, to apply to study and work for extendable 12-month periods, and that will provide a path to citizenship. Earlier, a deputy director of the Basic Law Committee, Miria Tam, said the Hong Kong security laws would not include anti-revolutionary crimes and internet safety offences, which are included in mainland laws. She said that if the central government had intended to apply for the mainland version in Hong Kong, the law wouldn't be limited to four types of criminal activities, subversion of state power, division of the country, terrorism and interference by external forces. National security is a matter for the central government or the parliament of the country. Uh, it is never delegated or ceded to any local government. Whether you are a unitary state or a federal state, the ultimate responsibility and the highest power to enact this law must rest with the central government. There is no exception. Protests have taken place near Prince Edward MTR Station and in Central's IFC Mall to mark exactly nine months since a controversial police raid on the station. Police raised a blue warning flag to disperse a group at Nathan Road this evening and stopped and searched about 20 people. Local councillors accepted flowers from protesters. Earlier, about around two dozen pro-democracy protesters gathered in the mall to sing the protest anthem Glory to Hong Kong and chant slogans. Security guards and police vans were stationed inside and outside the mall. Halton, a student, shrugged off the relatively small turnout. I will not say I'm disappointed because I think it's normal. It's, uh, it's already 11 months in the protest. Therefore, I think it's kind of a normal situation. Like uh, there are few and few people coming out on the streets to protest. But I think uh, their minds won't, won't change, you know. They are still fighting for our freedom. They are still fighting for Hong Kong, but they are just using other methods, other ways to voice their opinion. Hong Kong has reported its first locally transmitted COVID-19 cases in more than two weeks, raising fresh concerns about the spread of the virus in the community. Health officials are investigating whether the warehouse at which one of the patients works will see a new cluster of infections. They said the 34-year-old woman, who is now in intensive care, is a night worker at Kerry Logistics in Kwai Chung. Her husband has also been confirmed with COVID-19. The Centre for Health Protection's Choing Shuk says some of the woman's colleagues may also have the virus.
We found that two of her colleagues in Kuaishong have been tested weekly positive pending confirmation. So the two colleagues had onset symptoms a bit earlier than her. It's in end of April. So it's likely that there's a transmission in the workplace that she acquired the disease. But the exact route of transmission is still under investigation. Curfews in cities across the United States have failed to stop the violence sparked by the death of a black man, George Floyd, in police custody in Minneapolis. Peaceful protests have taken place in many areas, but in other building, others buildings have been attacked and shops looted. Hundreds of arrests were made in Los Angeles. Kathy Nowak is a reporter and anchor at KCBS Radio in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's been tense. People have been coming right up to the police lines that have been forming these barricades because, of course, this is a protest against the police. So people are angry. And I must say that throughout the day, from what I observed, for the most part, the police seemed to have stood their ground, but not engaged very much at all with any of these people who really were right up in their faces, screaming profanities at them. When it started to become these scenes of rioting and looting, it did get more tense. People would come up to police officers, and that's when they started putting up their weapons directly in the faces of these people. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past 11. Beijing has taken aim at the U.S. government and politicians with officials and media contrasting a wave of violent demonstrations there with American support for Hong Kong's protest movement. Candice Wong has more. When the U.S. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortegas tweeted criticism of Beijing's policies on Hong Kong, her counterpart in China's foreign ministry, Hua Chunying, responded with three words, I can't breathe. She was quoting George Floyd, the unarmed black man who died in the custody of a Minneapolis policeman a week ago. The officer has been charged with murder. State media showed wall-to-wall coverage of U.S. police actions, arguing that they showed how restrained Hong Kong police were last year. Mainland state media also criticized the U.S. The editor of the nationalist Global Times, Hu Shijing, said it was as if the radical rioters in Hong Kong somehow snuck into the U.S. He criticized U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for her support of demonstrators here. The People's Daily compared the on-screen arrest of CNN correspondent Omar Jimenez with scenes of Hong Kong police appearing to back away from reporters here last year. The caption said reporters used their professional identities to obstruct law enforcement. The police say they've charged two men with murder and robbery in relation to the death of a 55-year-old woman in Changsha Wan yesterday. Police were called to a flat in Lai Kok Road yesterday evening by the woman's son who found her unconscious and with injuries to her head. She was declared dead in hospital. The men are aged 55 and 56 and are due to appear in Kowloon City Magistrates Court tomorrow. Two of the holiest sites in Islam have reopened their doors to the faithful after more than two months shutdown because of the coronavirus. Hundreds of worshippers streamed into the Prophet's Mosque in the Saudi city of Medina. Similar numbers also crowded into the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. The BBC's Yusuf Taha has more details. 
They have been observing social distancing. They've been praying two meters apart. There were some little violations in Al-Aqsa Mosque. People were very jubilant and excited just to be able to be allowed in again. And some fell and kissed the ground too. Um, the same thing happened in the Prophet's Mosque in Medina in Saudi Arabia, where people expressed their joy at just being there again. Saudi Arabia is following what the scientists saying and what the World Health Organization is saying, whether they will be able to hold the annual Hajj pilgrimage this year or not. Sports, the English Premier League's welcomed the UK government's decision to allow elite competitive sport to go ahead behind closed doors from tomorrow. The Culture, Media and Sports Secretary, Olivia Dowden, says it's up to the police and local authorities to look at the use of neutral venues for some games of Liverpool close to winning the title. The league's confirmed that they have had no new positive test for COVID-19 after a fourth round of tests. Bournemouth manager Eddie Howe said that he's personally feeling all the pressure now to make sure that his players stay well. Any member of my staff fell ill or their family fell ill, you know, I'd feel that responsibility personally. And I think health for me has always come above sport, comes above football. But I'm very keen to get back to work. I'm very keen to play football again. But it's just making sure as much as we can do that people are protected. Finally, the celebrated French opera soprano Madame Mepley has died at her home in Toulouse. She was 89 and had been suffering from Parkinson's disease. The BBC's Grand Ferret assesses her career. Maddie Mesplay was from a musical family in Toulouse and initially trained as a pianist, but at the local conservatoire it was her voice that gained attention. Although Mesplay herself claimed not to be especially fond of it, she went on to perform leading roles in New York, London, Moscow and Milan. She made her debut in 1953, singing a part that would largely define her career. She played Lacme nearly 150 times, but she also embraced modern repertoire, including works by Boulez and Schoenberg. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Britain reiterates its offer of a path to citizenship for millions of Hong Kong people if a new security law is implemented. The SAR records its first local transmissions of COVID-19 in two weeks as fears emerge of a new cluster of cases and curfews fail to deter protesters as violence spreads in cities across the USA. The news from RTHK.
Dusty Springfield, you don't have to say you love me here on Sunday late on Radio 3. We're going to get one more classic R&B tune in there before we jump ahead a couple decades. Here's the Isley Brothers, It's Your Thing. Thank you. 